Okay, welcome to the latest episode of EdTech Today. I'm Kevin Hogan, and with me today is TutorMe co-founder and CEO, Miles Hunter. TutorMe is a leading provider of online tutoring. The platform connects students with highly qualified tutors in, on average, less than 30 seconds. The platform provides instructions via video chat, screen sharing, and virtual whiteboards, which are archived for future reference. They work with learners and parents from K-12 to higher education, either directly or through partnerships with academic institutions or via employer provided benefits. TutorMe is also part of the Zovio network. Okay, Miles, thanks for your time and, and thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Kevin, good to be here. Let's get started. Tell us a little bit about TutorMe, where you were BP before the pandemic and kind of where you are in this, in this situation we're in right now. Yeah, so we started TutorMe a few years back, uh, my co-founders and I at uh, USC when we were undergrads, um, and we, we decided to build an online tutoring platform that one would be super convenient and would really resonate with, with modern students, uh, but then would also have a different business model where we would partner with schools and institutions directly so that ultimately the student wouldn't have to pay for it out of pocket. And so this was something that um, you had no specific intention to had these services as a result of a pandemic, right? I mean, the, what, what were the reasons when you started the, the company and started the platform? What was the need that you saw that was, was not being provided? Well, one, it was super hard to get a tutor. Um, and that's assuming you were able to get a tutor and that you were, you had the financial means to. Um, it wasn't convenient. You had to schedule uh, in advance. You had to actually physically usually go with a tutor. Online platforms weren't very advanced at the time. Um, and then um, there's a larger segment of students that can't even get to that issue. Um, they can't afford tutoring. It's very out of their price range. So we ultimately wanted to level that playing field uh, and then offer it through the universities, through the colleges. Now we work with K-12 districts uh, and really uh, trickles down all the way through kindergarten. Um, but we, uh, we saw that it was really a need that um, was trying to address the problem where only the affluent students were able to get one-on-one -on -one support. So um, that was the problem we were initially trying to tackle. Um, and so when we came into the pandemic, we were a couple years into what we were doing already. Uh, and so we were very prepared as a, as a company, um, you know, in terms of our platform uh, being totally online, we didn't start as an in-person tutoring solution and then merge over. Um, we also, as a company uh, with all of our full-time employees, uh, we were very remote from day one. So in, in, in essence, we were really truly prepared as a company for the pandemic and, and we're fortunate enough to be able to, uh, to, to really meet the demand of other students that, that would really benefit from something like TutorMe. Well, I'll assume there was a, a pretty heavy duty acceleration that started last March, right? I mean, were you able to scale along with the, with the need that you saw? Yeah, it was definitely a, a challenge um, from, from many uh, vantage points to try to really meet that demand. Um, we saw in 2020 an increase of uh, over 330% uh, in usage uh, of the platform from 2020 to 2019. So it was uh, it was definitely a, a really um, a challenging balance to make sure that supply and demand was met uh, since we ultimately are a marketplace connecting students and tutors. Um, go into a little deeper to who are your primary customers? Are they the universities? Um, are, are they the districts or like because it seems like it's very much of a parallel dynamic that you have between tutors and students. So talk a little bit about the direction and how you acquire customers. 
So we started off with universities because we were university students at the time. So that was really kind of like the, uh, the, the nearest thing to what we were uh, familiar with. Um, and so we started working, our first client was our alma mater at University of Southern California. Um, and we worked with the tutoring center there to really develop an awesome program and a platform that, that schools would want to pay for. Um, so we started off with universities, really built a lot of credibility um, with the higher education space. And then we, uh, we, then we expanded out into K-12. Uh, we also work with libraries now and even corporations, uh, providing it as an employee benefit. Um, so really there's a broad reach for us, but we really want to fulfill that initial higher ed niche. Uh, we knew that the hardest, um, the hardest niche would, it would be higher ed, especially graduate school programs. Um, so we really tackled that first uh, and then worked our way down. So walk me through um kind of a day-to-day a, a -day process for, from a student perspective. How do they come upon your, your products and services? Where, how does that happen? So if they're um, attending a school that we partner with, um, they would typically access TutorMe um, through their learning management system. Um, there's other various ways that we connect, but that's a very typical way. Um, a student would, would see us as a tool in their LMS, whether it be Canvas, Blackboard, or another LMS, um, and then they would be able to click on it automatically signs you in so you don't have to create an account. Uh, and then it, that new tab allows you to now connect with a tutor for that particular course that you're taking. So uh, it's a really seamless experience for the student, um, super easy to access. Okay, and how about from the other side? How about from the, uh, from, from the tutor side? Talk, talk me through that. So the tutors are notified um, about uh, opportunities um, based on numerous uh, of levels um, of, of how we kind of segment the algorithm. Um, and so we, we let the obviously um, the make want to make sure that the best tutor um, is connected uh, with that particular student. Um, so tutors are sent a notification about a new opportunity and they're able to accept it, um, kind of like you know, Lyft would do or Uber would do uh, in kind of a shared economy way. Okay, uh, and how are they vetted? I mean, do they go through some sort of process to say that the, they actually can legitimately tutor another student in a, in a, in a subject? Yeah, they go through an extensive vetting process, and we've leaned on a lot of organizations um, that are kind of considered like the gold standard uh, for tutoring in particular spaces um, to really align with their requirements to make sure that uh, at the end of the day, um, this is a tutoring service. Um, this is not a, uh, a kind of a, um, a euphemism for, for, for a cheating platform where you just get your answers. Um, we are truly uh, providing tutoring, and, and um, you know, if, if tutors are on the platform and, and breaking our um, uh, academic dishonesty policy, then we are um, ultimately um, kind of like the whole, the whole platform crumbles um, if we, uh, we allow anything like that to happen. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, as a veteran of this BP before the pandemic, have there been any uh, surprises in this acceleration? Any examples of where, wow, we, we didn't realize we could do this or we could handle that? Give us, give me a couple of, uh, perceptions of changes to your space as a result of the pandemic? So I'd say one was, was market focused. We did not realize um, that, or we knew that it would be a great benefit. We didn't know the surge um, of how many corporations would reach out to us. Um, HR departments, benefits groups would reach out to us and ask uh, us if we could provide tutoring to their employees. Um, more, more so than actually their employees' children um, because of the work-life balance issues, um, the the real desire for companies to to treat their employees better um, and make sure that they um, they're not kind of um, uh, overly stressed out about already what's going on in the world. So um, there, are most of children uh, in the country, in fact, at one point the entire um, country was shut down in terms of K-12, all school districts. So 
um, those parents now had to juggle uh, working from home or working somewhere and then also having to, to uh, take care of their children. So um, it, was, it was seen as an amazing benefit um, and we had just an influx of corporations reach out and, and try to work with us. Um, and then from, I think, a product perspective, um, we didn't realize, um, also we didn't um, really foresee how much the writing lab would be used. We launched the writing lab um, early on in the pandemic where a student can drop off their paper and then get an expert to review the paper and provide suggestions. Again, um, not just providing answers and redoing their paper for them, um, truly trying to make that student a better writer. Um, we knew that that would be popular. Uh, we didn't foresee how popular it would be. It's now a big portion of what we do um, is a good chunk of it is that writing support. Got it. Um, talk about uh, the money end of things. I mean, so, I mean, are you getting paid like from the universities? Those are the customers. Uh, also talk a little bit about the tutors. Is this a volunteer opp opportunity for them? Are they getting paid? How, how does that work? Yeah. So um, when, when we're speaking about the institutional partnerships, um, that's kind of um, not, not covering the, the consumer students that pay out of pocket. Um, that's a portion of our business, but um, you know, as you know, a big portion of it is working directly with the schools and that's what we ultimately intend because our mission really is to level the playing field. So uh, when we work with schools, they pay for it completely. So they 100% subsidize it um, and they can pay for it on a per se basis and get unlimited tutoring uh, or they can prepay a certain batch of hours. Uh, and then ultimately it would, it would not be uh, charged to the student directly. So the student would be able to, to use that tutoring however they wish. Um, so then the tutors are uh, paid, uh, you know, a, a per hour basis for how much uh, tutoring they do. Uh, and what we pay the tutor um, is industry leading. Um, typically, a lot of platforms are paying uh, minimum wage to tutors um, in a marketplace like this. Uh, and we've always made a, a, a cognizant effort to actually change that and make sure that they are paid what they deserve. Now, in a lot of the conversations I've been having, um, higher education is at the top of the segment list when it comes to disruption and what the current circumstances have done to, to higher education from the way they recruit students to get into school to the way they assess students when you look at SAT and ACT, uh, as well as the, the cost structure of schools and whether is 80 grand a year really worth it for me to go just to say I went to this particular school. Uh, but there's also a lot of entrenched sensibilities when it comes to higher education and professors saying, you know, this is the way I, I've always done it. Um, do you see any sort of hesitancy when it comes to the higher ed culture uh, to this sort of new dynamic or have you in the past and has that changed now because of COVID? Um, you know, when we first started TutorMe, it was it was really trying to sell schools on um, on the efficacy of online tutoring. Um, you know, it, I, I don't think it's really disputed how, how important tutoring really is. Um, we obviously, as, as a country, really don't tutor um, our students, or tutoring isn't as prolific as other countries like China and India. Um, and I think that's, that's beginning to change, um, where countries like India and China, a, a middle-class family is spending a, a good portion of discretionary income on, on really providing academic support, including tutoring um, to their children. Um, it's a really key element um, in terms of just what you spend money on on a month-to-month -month basis. Um, I think that is that is uh, kind of pivoting in a way. And I think that the catalyst of that is, um, is the pandemic. Um, and I think that higher ed institutionally was um, not so open to online tutoring um, early on. It slowly has been more and more um, 
more and more of just the normalcy. And the pandemic has completely um, just blown that out of the water and um, kind of really accelerated the adoption of it. Um, we always knew that online tutoring was the future. Um, we, we, we expect it to be. Um, and we just didn't realize it would catch fire so quickly. So we essentially were, we're at now where we thought we were going to be in a couple, two, three years. Um, so it really started to accelerate the whole process. And I think that's good for students in general. Um, administrators are starting to realize that online tutoring um, doesn't have to be seen as kind of a second class to in-person tutoring. Uh, let's talk about the, the the platform itself and how it, it lives within the uh, the systems, the university systems. Talk a little bit about the tech. Yeah. So so when a student when a student connects um, with a tutor, um, well, firstly they they we know what subject they need help in typically because it comes over from the LMS. Uh, and then when they when they uh, request um, help, they have to put in a description, uh, any attachments that are uh, relevant to the uh, to the request. Uh, and then we match you with a tutor, uh, typically under 30 seconds. Um, and so that match, you go into a waiting room, um, you determine whether you wanna work with that tutor. Uh, we really wanna empower the students in that way um, to make sure that um, not only do they understand um, what you're doing, um, that's kind of a given, uh, but really do they, do they jive well with, uh, with that student? Um, because it is gonna be an, a human ongoing relationship usually uh, with a tutor. So um, if they wanna go forward with them, they proceed to the lesson space uh, and that's built uh, on a completely proprietary platform. Um, so we have a ton of math tools, uh, science tools, everything you could imagine to really make it uh, mimic that in-person experience. And in some cases, it's even better. Um, so that is um, essentially the, the platform itself. Um, and what we've seen, though, is that when we talk about tools and the uh, capabilities, a lot of things are actually better uh, when you're doing it in a, in a live online lesson space as opposed to in-person. Um, but there's a bunch of added added kind of benefits um, to being uh, online. Um, we see that a lot of students didn't, are, are kind of sometimes hesitant to reach out for help in a classroom setting uh, amongst their peers. Um, they typically are going through maybe a little bit more than just academic issues. Um, and that human element, someone that, it might be the only person um, at that person's life at that moment that shows that they really care about them and their future. Um, so we see a lot of students that are struggling with that, um, where they don't have support outside of that space. And um, it's, something that when we first created the platform, we never expected to have that extra element. We always thought, well, the goal is to get better grades, um, but there's so much more to that. And we see that on a human level all the time. And we always remind ourselves as a team um, to look at those instances, happens all the time, where that student looked at that tutor um, as, as much more than a tutor. Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of like, you know, anecdotal stories that we can talk about, but it just, it is really cool to see. Um, that we're making such an impact on the lives of a student. Yeah, that really, really resonates with a lot of conversations I've been having with other companies, uh, many who focus on social-emotional learning, right? I mean, that was kind of a, <clears throat> a concept uh, that had been the EdTech space, but starting last March, it really became a reality to forget about assessment, forget about curriculum. We just want to get our kids connected, make them feel safe, um, you know, and make them feel supported and, and part of a community. And in a strange way, this dynamic, this one-to-one -one dynamic is also helpful where I think, as you mentioned, it kind of takes some of the power dynamic out of meeting with a, a tutor in person as opposed to as opposed to face-to-face. -face. Same way with a guidance counselor, same, same way with a, with a principal. As a parent, I've had more parent-teacher meetings now 
via Zoom in the past year than I had in the past 13 years of having kids and having to go in and sit in their desk in the, in the, in the fifth grade and, and have this strange power dynamic. So <clears throat> that's a really interesting aspect of it. Uh, so how long are the relationships do you find that, that students have with their tutors? So um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but what, I, what we do know is that typically um, a student will stick with the tutor forever long they're taking that course. So whether it's a semester or a quarter, um, and, and that's kind of um, very standard uh, for a student to continue to work with that tutor on a consistent basis. Okay. And on, on the tutor side, um, do they get, other than getting paid, um, is there a, a certification or is there something else that they can use for their, for their resume uh, in terms of like a micro-credential or things like that? Um, we don't do that, um, but we do go through a kind of the strenuous onboarding process that we talked about. Um, and then going through that in itself uh, is, is quite impressive that they're able to go through that. Right, right. Uh, well, finally, let's, let's, let's talk about the future and, and where you see um, Tutor Me headed um, now, hopefully after the pandemic that we're done with all, with all the madness. Um, give us a, a three-year horizon and maybe a five-year horizon where you see does the acceleration continue apace? Does it does it calm down? Uh, give us give us some forward thinking thoughts on that. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be as um, the, the the rampant hysteria that it was in in March, um, but it certainly isn't going to die down. Um, I think that there is going to be a um, a acceleration um, that's much faster than prior to the pandemic, um, and somewhere in between the that that kind of um, that, that, that middle ground between um, complete hysteria, everyone's scrambling, schools are closed, uh, and then kind of that like that slower adoption. Um, and I, I foresee in the next three to five years um, that uh, nearly every single um, university, college, K-12 district is going to have a line item for online tutoring uh, in their budget. That's great. Right. Well, Miles, I really appreciate your time and your insights. And I think it's going to be really valuable for our, for our audience to, uh, to latch onto those and hope that we can continue the conversation back uh, in a couple months and maybe even in person. Thanks, Kevin. Right. Enjoy as always.